0: Okay, and welcome back to another episode of Rebel with a Cause. I am joined tonight with uh, Theodore from uh, Crowdfunded Government. How's it going tonight, man?
1: Pretty good. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Can't complain. All right. So, uh, Crowdfunded Government. Uh, that's pretty much just like it says, right? You just want the crowd to fund the government and uh, not use coercion and violence to to pay for stuff. Is that kind of the that's gist? That's correct. That's correct.
1: Yes. So. The idea for a crowdfunded government would be you take the existing system as it is. You got your politicians, you got your elections, leave them all in place. The only thing that I want to change is the way that government programs are paid for. No more involuntary taxation, no more gun to your head telling you you got to fund a million and one government programs, some of which you might have a problem with. That should be your choice, exactly what you pay for and how much, more importantly, how much you want to pay.
0: Yeah. And you know, in the uh, information age, that should be the easiest thing to do, right? You would just uh, sign on to an app on the phone or, you know, click on the something on the computer. And there would just be like this long checklist of stuff. Uh, Okay, I want to pay for this, pay for this, pay for this. And then at the end, whatever the total is, that's what you send. Is that kind of the idea?
1: Yeah, I felt like currently this is a, a, a very special point in technology where we finally have a very mature internet in terms of all the information available. We have social media, which allows you to discuss with other people exactly what they think is important and to learn from experts. And then we got crowdfunding sites, which is a crazy idea in itself that a bunch of people giving a very small amount can lead to a huge impact. And it just got me wondering... With all these things in place, why do I need a gun in my face telling me what to pay for? It seems like we could all figure this out on our own.
0: Exactly. And I uh, I have an aunt who is as progressive as it gets. And um, she had posted something the other day about uh, war subsidies and uh, you know defense companies getting these uh, special sweetheart deals and everything. And I said, well, only the government. Uh, could be so devious as to make peaceful, living people pay for guns for the military, make vegans pay for cattle ranches, and uh, and make people who don't smoke subsidize tobacco. So and
1: absolutely, yeah, yeah, and and a, even even more hot button issue was the the border wall recently, oh, where yeah. everybody everybody chose a side. Right there was this this voluntary crowdfunding campaign for the wall. It raised over twenty million before the kibosh was put on it. Right, but. That gave people a chance. That just showed you how much people are willing to pay for government programs they believe in. And on the left, it was great to watch people howl and cheer and say, that's exactly right. I don't want any of my dollars going to this stupid wall. Let them pay for it. And meanwhile, the wall supporters were just pouring money in left and right.
0: Yeah, and even they came up with uh, some kind of like silly counter Kickstarter things with like ladders for the walls and uh, you know, stairmaster stair master thing <laughs> for the walls and stuff. So, I mean, they, they kind of got it, you know, it's like, okay, well, if they're going to, you know, petition people to, to send in money to this, the thing for, for a stupid wall, it, well, we can have them build ladders. I mean, ladders don't cost that much. Right. So, I mean, it was just kind of, it was really great to see that kind of stuff. And uh, this yeah, al- almost
1: see. The part that I can't figure out is why didn't everybody take it a step further? Like if it's good for the wall, why isn't that good for the Department of Defense? Why isn't that good for your pothole program, your snowplow program, your parks and recreation budget? Why stop at the wall? I feel like we're at a, a crucial time in history where the people are starting to figure this whole thing about choice and voluntary action out.
0: Yeah. And uh, and, and I can see this this type of system. Uh, just kind of coming in place as that stepping stone to, you know, the kind of, as I view the uh, anarchy, the voluntarism uh, uh, aspect of it, uh, I almost kind of look at it as something I ascribe to be, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of like a Christian, you know, they, they want to be like Christ. They, they may never attain it in their lifetime, but they want to get close to it as possible. And I kind of see this uh, crowdfunded government idea as that next logical step. And this uh, reminds me of another project that I don't know if it's still going on or not. It was a, a website called Citizen Investor, where you could go in and you could put bids on a public project uh, to have it funded. And I think they actually like put some trash cans in a public park, uh, did some street cleaning services with it and stuff. But I don't I don't know if that website's still running or not. But it was kind of long to say. Yeah, I idea. saw.
1: I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I saw the TEDx talk. I actually made a blog post about it a couple years ago. I reached out to the to the people running it. Because it's an interesting idea. Now, that being said, this really might surprise you, but I'm actually against what Citizen Investor is doing, that the Citizen Investor is doing, um, Hmm. because I think it's doomed to fail in the short and medium run. I think that given the amount that we're already taxed, Citizen crowdfunding efforts can and will fail. Largely. And what I'm worried about is that in the future, people are going to say, well, that's why we got to have taxes, because you guys couldn't even raise enough for a bench in a park. Yeah, And yeah. that's the reason why I always try to spin the conversation into if we're going to crowdfund, let's crowdfund with the dollars that we have. Let's start there let's say take five percent of your property taxes take one percent of your income taxes but have some kind of distribution of existing money to get people excited about it I hope the crowdfunding idea doesn't lose because sometimes those those programs fail magnificently where yeah. somebody's already being taxed 40 50 60 percent of their income for the year and then somebody's like hey you want to contribute to a streetlight LED program and it's like I would but my, my budget's tight
0: yeah you know, I got to choose.
1: It's actually surprising that civic crowdfunding is actually something that I'm not the biggest fan of. Although in theory, obviously I like to support the idea of choice and of voluntarism. but I do always caution people to not throw the baby out with the bathwater when civic crowdfunding fails, given the incredible amounts of taxation that we already have.
0: Yeah. And, uh, trying to get people to understand it's, it's, more than just the income tax. If you go and take a look at your cell phone bill and you see all those little fees and taxes and millages and everything on there, you know, your, your property tax, uh, the tax you pay when you go to, uh, fill up your car, uh, that type of stuff. They don't take all that into account. I think if people actually sat down and looked at it, you know, yeah, it may be 18% or so for the federal income tax, but once you figure in everything else, you know, it's getting up there to like 50, almost 60% in some cases. You know.
1: Yeah, and that's actually a really good point that people bring up, which is, um, if if I want to make income tax voluntary, I want to make all taxes voluntary. Mm-hmm. Then doesn't that doesn't that hurt the poor somehow? Those with with less money, and I say no, because. These people who have limited means are the ones that pay the greatest percentage of their income in all of these other associated taxes. You know, a a 25 cent gas tax isn't that much to somebody who makes a million dollars a year and drives, uh, you know, a significant amount. But somebody who drives a significant amount, let's say delivering pizzas, just paying that gas tax alone at the end of the year represents a huge chunk of their money. That sales tax represents a huge chunk of their money. So I've always felt like, It's Those are, like you said, those are some hidden taxes. Those are taxes that you pay and you don't even think about. And that would be my goal is there's absolutely no need to coerce anybody to give any money to the government. Put the money back in the hands of the people. And those who can and are able to should be able to contribute to the government. And those who have a tight budget feel free to spend your money as you currently do. Your money will ends up in the hands of people who are charitable and have the room in their budget and have the vision for a society. And that ultimately will deliver what the society wants to spend its money on.
0: Yeah, you know, even if you're looking at somebody who's, uh, who's poor and broke and everything, you'd almost kind of say, I understand you want to be charitable and you want to give to this thing, but, you know, take care of yourself, take care of your family first you know, that time will come as you build your wealth and hopefully you're building up your skills uh, to get, you know, a better paying job down the road and that you're not stuck in that, you know, just medium income, uh, having to work a couple of jobs, mom's out working a couple of jobs trying to keep the family afloat. Uh, You know, at that point, it's just like, okay, you're not being taxed on anything. You're not having all that extra money just taken from you. Uh, Build it up and then later on, Uh, you know, some people say, well, pay it forward. Well, then you can go back and say, okay, well, for all that time that I was, you know, taking care of stuff, here's, you know, I'm going to give a whole bunch now because now I can afford it, you know, and even with uh, rich people who don't want to pay, you know, there's going to be jerks. You can't, you know, you can't stop that from happening. Humans are just going to act like humans sometimes. So.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm always okay with, it's the same thing with charity, which is people who take advantage of charitable donations at some point in their life, a lot of them eventually move up to the point where they can finally give back to the charity. And that's always the model that I've seen with a a crowdfunded government is maybe not everybody can contribute a lot, but also that really shouldn't be discounted. If 300 million people give $1, that's that's $300 million. That's a ton of money. That can get some serious stuff done. Um. So they're, they're, that's the whole that's the whole reason I like the word crowdfunding, crowdfunded, crowdfund in the pitch, because yeah. it should make you think about those Kickstarters and those GoFundMes where a, a, tens of thousands of people give a very small amount. And at the end of it, there's this huge amount of money that none of them could have ever dreamed of contributing to something.
0: Yeah. And a recent example of this, uh, I had a friend of mine. Uh, she's a, a school teacher, and she just had, you know, car repair the whole bunch of other like little stuff that just all of a sudden happened and so she was going to be short she got up on to uh, go me and was just like look i just need 800 bucks just to make it through to next month and i uh, know i'll be good after that she ended up raising like 1500 bucks just from her friends you know i gave her 20 bucks you know a whole bunch of her other friends gave like 20 and a, a couple of them gave a couple hundred bucks she had 1500 dollars after that you know at the end of it she was like all right well thank you guys <laughs> I mean, she yeah, was and actually I, I surprised. Love, I love
1: stories. I love stories like that because some of the most heated criticism I get is, "Well, what if nobody pays anything?" And to that, I have to say, I'm very sorry that you've only met uh, jerks in your life, yeah. because almost everybody I've ever met is extremely charitable and caring about people and programs that matter to them. If people didn't, if people weren't uh, giving, charities and nonprofits would fail to operate. Because you don't need a gun to put to your face to give to the Red Cross after a disaster. You want to. You yeah. almost need to. You feel a, You feel an urge to help society. You're like, well, my life is so much better. I'm not in that hurricane zone. I would love to give $100 to the Red Cross. See what they can do. And just like you're saying, you were in a very good position at that time. 20 bucks. Yeah, maybe at some point in your life, you would have... Or 20 bucks was not in the budget. 20 bucks is in the budget, and you had no problem at all supporting somebody you knew who could use the help. And down the road, I guarantee you, she's not going to forget the lesson that she learned, which is when somebody somebody holds out their hand, you should grab it. You should help somebody pull them up because eventually they're going to be able to do the same thing. They're going to have that same experience of, wow, the world is a really good place, and it gets better as I give, as I help. Yeah. And, uh, stories
0: that I like to, uh, talk about all the time. Um, you know, Americans, uh, are the most charitable people on the planet. We give billions of dollars every year to charity, and that's at the current tax rates. So imagine if there was no taxes to go along with it, how much more charity would increase. Uh, and then, you know, if your idea takes hold and, and we get a crowdfunded government and everything, um, you know, no longer are, you know, the next rainstorm is going to wash, wash out a whole bunch of potholes in your street because the road will have been almost over-engineered and overbuilt to withstand that kind of stuff. And it, they even have roads in, uh, in Germany right now that are made completely of recycled bottles. You know, there's a uh, storm drain uh, room for a storm drain in between all of the electrical and uh, sewer and gas and stuff fit along the sides of the roads with access points along that thing. And they just drop those things into place. And the wearing surfaces last for decades. So, I mean, we don't have to deal with asphalt and concrete, you know, just warping and stuff in the weather and everything we can. You know, we can engineer almost anything these days. It doesn't really take a gun in the face to do it.
1: No, it never does, especially with the amount of time. I mean, in Chicago especially, it's a daily discussion about the potholes in the roads. Oh yeah, I have no doubt that if you had, if you reduced people's taxation by enough to give them room in their budget to give to a pothole program, I don't see any. I don't see any problem getting those potholes filled. It's just that the way the system is set up now is so much. So much money is going to so much that people consider unimportant that they right. wouldn't give to if they had the chance that something like the current pothole program is just not meeting the needs of the people.
0: Right. And, uh, you know, in a city, the, the size of Chicago, even if you had like tick boxes for, well, I want all the potholes from you know my house to where I work in downtown. Uh, and maybe a couple of the side streets that I may use to get around traffic. I want those holes filled. And then they gives you a little number at the end, you know, well, everybody in the city of Chicago is going to choose different, Routes and stuff. I, you know, the the mind almost explodes when you start thinking about this stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I love I love the idea of customization on the local level because even though I have this very grand idea, I certainly don't have all the answers in regards to exactly how each pro- program should be crowdfunded. But that's a great example, which is. There's, there's a focus on the roads that people are using the most. That would seem to be where you'd want to start on a local level because right. the way the Pothole Program works now, who knows how many side roads that barely ever get used are getting filled and how much money is being spent on that. The key part to crowdfunding government is transparency. Right. That's an open budget that lists material, labor, assets and equipment for each program. And when you get down to that level of specificity, that's where local governments could really get creative. And like you're saying, really try to focus the people's money on the projects that the people actually want.
0: Yeah, because if, you know, the people in Chicago are fixing their streets, uh, well, the people in uh, you know, Peoria, Illinois are also fixing their streets and you can almost see the spider web effect kind of go out from there and if everyone is uh you know kind of doing their own thing in their local level uh next thing you know it's national just by default because everyone's doing it
1: Yes, it would it would it would be amazing to see some cities trying out this crowdfunding government thing and having an unbelievable success at the things that people actually want government to do. And meanwhile, a bunch of these worthless programs go to the wayside because nobody actually wanted to give any money to some of these things. And the results would be citizen oriented as opposed to lobbyist and politician oriented
0: yeah exactly and it and you can even see it on the local level you always know that wherever the city councilman lives that street's going to get fixed first (laughs) you know (laughs) or if their constituency happens along a major thoroughfare uh that road will get fixed first or at least look like it's getting fixed where they got guys out there putting cones up and surveying and stuff but maybe construction doesn't happen for a couple of years after that but yeah it gets amazing when you when you start dealing with the local level and just that almost how uh, cartoonish some of the uh, some of the uh, little corruption goes.
1: Yeah, and on that topic too, I love talking about localism because I believe that the current federal government and many state governments are completely unsustainable. We have absolutely no chance over the next 50, 100 years of delivering all of the promises and all of the programs that have that have been that have been somehow dreamt up by people with unrealistic budget expectations. I would love so many of these federal programs to be done by the states. I would love so many of these state programs to be done by county and city and even neighborhoods down to that level. Yeah. Um, because so much of this is not possible without localization. I mean, the idea of raising uh, the the current budget, let's say it's about 3.6 trillion. Let's just say it's somewhere around $10,000 per person is crazy. We need to rethink the way that we currently do that, which is focus on the programs that people want at the local level. Now, of course, federal government must do certain activities. And of course, state governments must do certain activities as defined by the constitutions. But let's get creative on anything else that's not strictly defined. And let's start moving all of those responsibilities down to the local level. Uh, Welfare is my favorite example. Any type of social welfare, I cannot believe that at any point, we agreed to do federal programs for what should be a block by block program. My question to you: Who on your block needs help? That's who you should be helping. Yeah. yeah. We should not be helping some random person, some random security Social Security number on the other side of the planet. Basically, the we we uh, some coast somewhere, some random area somewhere. It it would really help not only for you to help you identify fraud, waste, and abuse. But more so, you would probably want to give more than you currently do if you knew who the recipients were and you really cared about them. I think your GoFundMe example was a perfect example of a hyper-local charitable function, and you felt very good about helping this one person.
0: Yeah, and uh, everybody knows somebody who needs some kind of help, even if it's not in your own family. You you definitely have a neighbor that you see maybe struggling, you know, cars smoking and stuff, and uh, you know they're just barely keeping it together and everything. Uh, I'd be way more willing to give money to that particular person than, yeah, like you said, a random social security number in another state. And does that social security number belong to that person? Uh, Do they really need the assistance or are they just playing at something? You know, and this is why now the big talk about UBI and everything is really starting to drive me nuts. I was like, you just can't give everybody just a little bit of something because, you know, the, the incentive to actually get out there and produce is, is going to get taken away. But yeah, if, if well,
1: people people love to ask me about how do you crowdfund a UBI system? Uh, no differently than you crowdfund any other program. How much do the people with money want to give? Yeah. How much does that program deliver?
0: Yeah. And even if it was like uh, business owners just getting together and said, okay, well uh, at the end of this month, everyone's getting a gift card to our businesses, you know, that's some kind of form of UBI. It may not be the one that you're looking for, but, uh, you know, I can, I could, uh, you know, my mind is reeling right now because I see all these different possibilities for stuff to happen.
1: Yeah. You're, you're talking about visiting capistan and you're talking about volunteerism ruling the day. And yeah. that's, that's the prosperous future that I have in mind. I have no doubt that the more that people are encouraged to help people voluntarily, the better the society will be. I, I can't, ever get my head around these criticisms that the only way that we can help people who need help is by putting a gun in my face that's the worst way that makes me not want to that makes me resent the the opportunity to help somebody which should be a fulfilling experience i should feel very happy when i help somebody and instead on april 14th i'm gonna have that gun to my head i'm gonna have to help some people and i i want to help people don't make me and more importantly, don't make me help people anonymously. Let me know exactly who in my neighborhood needs help. Um, and also along those lines, so many people are taking advantage of these systems based on, based on income versus assets. Right. And this is, also the, this is also the case with uh, your Medicare, your Medicaid programs. So many things are based on these numbers that you submit to the government using your social security number. And they're not based on the actual facts on the ground, which is how much do these people actually need help? Some of them might need more help than Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid can provide. Some of them might need less. How do we make that decision at a federal level? How do you ever get a hold of this budget? The only way is localization, state, local, down to the block. I want to know who needs help on my block. I want that discussed. I want those people to seek help, and those that actually need help, I have no doubt, will get help. You know that there, there's some people on my block who are regularly collecting money at the street corner because they have they have mental disabilities, they have no chance of ever making any kind of uh any kind of a...
0: Oop. That just lose you. Oh, there you are. Sorry. You kind of oh, cut out the last oh, okay. couple there's, minutes. There's, Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Sorry about
1: that. There, there's people on my block who struggle to they they struggle to put together a normal life due to some type of mental disability or some kind of impairment. And the people on my block, I watch them every day, shoveling dollar bills to these people who need the help. We're such a giving society at the local level. That's the key is when when people are able to see the face of somebody who needs help and ask themselves, how much help does that person need? I believe you'll always get more help. Than putting a gun in somebody's face and saying you need to help these people over here, but meanwhile their 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 faces are obscured. You know, you don't you get a chance to see who they are. I, who wants to help that?
0: Yeah, and it, you know, especially doesn't help if you you know have stories about uh, you know, well, this person got busted because they had uh, you know they were claiming six more children that they had, and they uh, you know now their uh, their benefits are getting cut. Uh, you know, <laughs> and it's it's the stories like that. It was like well. I, I definitely don't want to do this. And even for, you know, my lefty progressive friends out there who think that, you know, paying your taxes is your civic duty and it's going to help the poor and everything. Um, you know, the next follow up question I have for them is, um, uh, are you taking all your deductions? And they're like, well, yeah, of course. you know, I'd be stupid not to. And I was like, well, now you're providing less money to the government to do those things, you know? So inherently, you know, that at some point you don't want to get, taken too much money from you to me like one percent is even too much but you know they they have that disconnect that, that cognitive dissonance still
1: yeah and and that that's the re- other reason i love this crowdfunded idea which is so many people talk a big game about the need to increase government revenue through increased taxation why don't we just let people put the money where their mouth is yeah exactly don't pay up or shut up i i don't i don't need to hear about how much you want me to pay I want to see how much you want to pay. That's what matters ultimately is everybody gives what they want. I don't need to convince me to give more or less. I'm, I'm going to give exactly what I want to give. You give exactly what you want to give. Just just shut up about it and pay.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, and, and if we're all just putting in a little bit here, a little bit there, like you said, you know, it, we're going to find that a lot of these problems will, will tend to sort themselves out because it, it'll get to a point where people who are poor, they're uh, – they're going to get to that point again where they don't really want to take the money this month. You know, they want to see if they can do it on their own. Uh, you know, maybe they just need help with getting a medication this month or something like that. Um, so I, I, see, I I started this and now like my mind is going into several different systems of how this stuff could work, especially on the local level, because I think once you got the local down, the state will follow, if the state does it, then you know the next couple of states might do it, and then eventually it will get to a, a national type of thing. At, at least that's how I see it happening.
1: Yeah, I I can't imagine a situation where the people come out in mass, and you know, let's say that a, a state a state and all the counties decide that ten percent of your property taxes are going to be allocated as you choose. I can't imagine the next state over saying that's a terrible idea. You tell me what to spend my money on, and the the first. The first state, the first municipality that stops issuing bonds and starts simply issuing short budgets. So let's say you you borrow X amount of dollars per year. Yeah. The first municipality state that eliminates that borrowing and then cuts their budget by that much and says, everybody, give what you want. We're not borrowing anymore. I can't imagine that the next state over says, no, 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 no. We want even more borrowing. That's a terrible idea. Like I I feel like like you're saying this idea spreads like wildfire as soon as it gets into practice, because freedom is a powerful thing. And when people see the opportunity to be free and people have the opportunity to spend their money how they want and they have the opportunity for the government to not continually drive their great grandchildren who haven't even been born yet into desperate, desperate debt and poverty, which is the direction that we're going. I can't imagine that there would be any kind of pushback, but uh, at it just seems like something that would just keep moving forward.
0: Yeah. Especially if it's uh very successful, uh, like right out of the gate. Um, and then we'll get to a point where you couldn't imagine doing it the old way, you know? Uh, and that's where I really would like to see that go because at, at some point there, people are just going to stand around and look and they're going to say, well, you know, we got, you know, security guards, uh, garden places, uh, we have private investigators investigating property crimes and stuff like that. I mean, really, what do we need this government thing for? You know, they, they manage this website, but, you know, there's a whole bunch of companies that manage their own websites. You know, and it'll yeah, just start to get that, that, that's the, that ball rolling.
1: That's the, that's the exciting thing about crowdfunding government to me, is that it, it gives governments the opportunity to go the direction that the people want them to go. So, like you're saying, maybe some governments... Turn into nothing more than a night watchman state because so many of these functions are actually more efficient to run uh, on a private level. Meanwhile, there's some there's some suburbs on the north side of Chicago that if you introduced crowdfunded government, they would have platinum diamond studded crowdfunded government. These people would dump 75 percent of their money every year into these incredible government programs. They already do. They already they they vote for every tax increase because they provide such exceptional public services. They're so proud to live where they where they do. They pay extra just to live where they live. I mean, a, a a three bedroom house there costs ten times as much as a three bedroom house ten miles down the road. Right. So there's the the great thing about crowdfunded government is it doesn't have to be a completely anarchist idea. Although as you've mentioned, it definitely has appeal. And that is possible how many communities might choose to act, but it doesn't exclude somebody. If you have the need and desire for a huge government and you're happy with the services that you're getting, it allows that to happen. The the people should be the ones making that choice, though. You should be electing the politicians that you agree with, and you should be supporting the programs that you agree with. Some will want a very small government, and some will want a massive government on the size we can't even imagine, a a platinum, diamond-studded one. And that's okay. Okay. That's allowing the people to make that choice is what's most important.
0: Yeah, if if people are free to choose, I'm fine with their choice. You know, I'm not going to live there. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'll, I might stay with my little small town where, you know, my little check boxes is only a page long and it's basically you know police fired trash pickup, you know, <laughs> that type of stuff.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah, that's so- right. And,
1: and and that's and and that's the type of that's the type of innovation. You know, there was this whole idea. Uh, The American experiment is supposed to be about laboratories of democracy. And so much of what we have in the American experience today is a very federalized, top-down system. And the differences between the states, it was supposed to be immense. The differences between the counties and the communities should be immense. It should be night and day as all these different laboratories try different models of government. And like you're saying, if you're somebody who likes everything privatized and you're somebody who doesn't like these big government programs and you'd rather have a choice for all these different things, perfect. There should be plenty of communities offering that option. And that's what's a real shame to me is that we seem to have virtually 99 percent the same types of government and government services no matter where you go.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, my little town right outside Baton Rouge, um, basically just kind of operates itself like it is, you know, the city of new Orleans almost, you know, where you got the the city council and they meet and they talk about building all this stuff and everything. And nobody ever asks, well, who's going to pay for it? You know, this kind of model, they they know who's going to pay for it because we all went onto the website or the app on our phone and we started checking boxes. And, uh, you know, if one little project doesn't get funded, it's because the people didn't want it funded that year. You know, maybe next year it might get funded. Who knows what it is? But um, yeah, like I said, I, this has got my imagination just, just running now.
1: Well, I love that idea that you brought up, which is that there's, there's a self-correcting mechanism to crowdfunding government, which is, let's say that, let's take that pothole example because it's kind of crystal and, and sort of easy to discuss. Yeah. Um, let's say the people only gave 10% of the pothole budget. The next year, the streets would be the moon. Yeah, you know, you would have they would be be eating cars. Guess what would happen to the pothole budget the next year?
0: Oh, yeah, that'd be completely funded. Plus, some
1: (laughs) and 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 that's the beautiful thing, I think, about crowdfunded government is the politicians can set the budgets, but ultimately the people are going to get a feel for what they're getting from it. You know, if. And the, the Pablo program is a nice one to think about just because it's a very local and it's a very actionable. It's very visible. But right. that's also true of even huge programs, which people are very frightened to consider crowdfunding something like the military, which is there would there would always be specialists. There would always be the people who study this stuff to tell you, in our opinion, the government is not ready to fight these types of threats. For example, today, it's cyber threats. You hear about that all the time right. that our, our military is not ready. We're, we're ready for like these these. Old style land wars, but we're not ready for the the true threat, which is let's say another country went after our electrical grid. Let's say they went after our um, after our cyber security on a mass scale. We we need the military to fight that. So that's what I've always felt interesting is I have no problem at all if the. If there were specialists in the military saying, you guys really need to up the spending for this cybersecurity program. And maybe we would agree with you. Maybe we don't need ten thousand submarines. Maybe we can mothball half of them and start putting some of those costs to the, the true threats of the future. Right. So there I have I have no and I like that because it's a it's a more complex discussion. You you don't see the pothole, but that's how a crowdfunded government would work. You'd have experts and you'd have that a debate, by the way. If somebody said that on social media, there would be experts on both sides of the aisle, people in favor of more cybersecurity, people in favor of less. And you would have a chance to do your own research, make your own decision.
0: Yeah, and even if, uh, you know, on the federal level, you go to the uh, the military website and you're going to choose what you're going to fund, uh, I would also imagine that you would be spending a lot less time in other people's business uh, around the world. And maybe you wouldn't necessarily necessarily need cybersecurity if you're, you know, if, you know, North Korea, that's all they have left is hackers. You know, they don't really have a a high tech military that can, you know, do any kind of land war outside of invading a parking lot in Seoul, Korea or whatever. Uh, (laughs) You know, if you're, you know now you've pulled back all of these military members uh, from around the world and they're, you know, basically just defending the, uh, the borders of the United States, you know, I I think the world's going to be a lot safer place to begin with. And maybe that budget just kind of goes down and down and down over the years, unless something else pops up somewhere.
1: Yeah. So much of what, so much of what the military does is unpopular, but the interesting part to me is that, some of these programs that the military does are very unpopular, and some of them, like spending on the actual military, so benefits and health care for military members, right. are extremely popular. Why is it that they both have to be lumped together? Why is that one single Department of Defense? Why aren't all these different programs broken out and so that people can make an intelligent decision about what they want to fund? And like you said, if people are doing what's popular, they're probably going to end up doing what's right. They're probably going to end up improving the image of the United States across the world. Because even though the United States is definitely always ready to respond with an incredible military uh, might to any threat that's made, sometimes it does seem that there are things that the military does that are incredibly unpopular. You know, we, we have a Middle East wars that's been going on for da- uh, darn near two decades plus. um on a very heavy scale, and I would be very interested to see exactly what parts of these Middle East theaters are people most interested in. You know, how much would you like to give to the CIA's programs in Iran? How much would you like to give (laughs) to the nation building in Iraq? How much would you like to give to the defense of Israel? These are all specific programs that have incredible effects on the future of our relationships with those countries and those countries around them. And those are the decisions that we should be making as a people, as an informed populace. We should be learning about what the different programs are and what they do. And I believe that in the long run, that would greatly increase our standing in the world as people make the decisions to support programs that ultimately everybody can agree on a popular basis, as opposed to a top-down, you must pay your taxes, and then we're going to go do these programs, whether you like it or not, whether you vote red team or blue team, Everything that's going on in the Middle East is kind of seems to be the way it's going on in the Middle East.
0: Yeah. And uh, there's nothing that we're going to do that's going to change anything that goes on over there. It's uh, the history over there is those people have been uh, at each other's throats for, you know, thousands of years at this point. Um, And some of that stuff, I mean, that goes back to, you know, your family did this in the sixth century B.C. and we still hate you for it. That uh, that kind of mentality that goes on over there, uh, and then just the U.S. just kind of sticking a big boot in the everybody's face over there, saying, "All right, you guys do this, and you guys, uh, we're, you're not going to get respected. It's it's not going to help the situation. Uh, and in fact, you can get into a um, uh, a little shouting match and whatever. And then these people are going to know how to manipulate the the U.S. to do certain things for them. Uh, so it it's just not in anybody's best interest to be involved over there to begin with. And if we're all, you know, ticking boxes on that website, I I seem to think that that would start to dwindle down and almost be eradicated in a pretty short order.
1: Hey, let's find out. That's all I ever want. Crowdfunding government is nonpartisan. It's apolitical. It doesn't, I I don't have any opinions about any government programs. If the U S wants a bigger presence in the middle East, great go ahead. If the U.S. wants a a smaller presence, great. Go ahead. That's that's what we need to decide, though, because this democratic system that we have has weaknesses, which are if both parties have a position, nothing will nothing will change. That's it. There has to be some type of there has to be some type of a second vote, essentially a vote with your wallet, which is, let's say both parties do have The support for the same program, virtually unchanged, which, by the way, that's kind of the feeling I get about most of the federal budget. It's like the politicians agree on ninety nine percent of it and then they slap each other over one percent of it. Let's have instead of this political theater, let's have a final vote, which is great. This team won. These programs are being offered now. How much do you want to pay? That is the ultimate defense against a tyrannical government which is just because we voted you in doesn't mean we have to pay for what you want to do. That I believe is true freedom. That's the final vote with your dollar.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you're going to have, you know, uh, uh, you know, some kind of good old boy down in Texas is going to vote all the military stuff. And, you know, maybe he doesn't put any money towards any kind of social program. But the good thing about that is there's some software programmer in San Francisco who's going to do the exact opposite. You know, and again like i said my imagination is going all over the place with this i could just see that i I
1: just love the idea i just love the idea of both those people giving money to what they like and at the end of the day they feel very good about what they spent their money on they don't have any feeling of coercion they don't have any disgusting feeling in their stomach that all they can do is vote harder next time there should be another option i love the idea of both those people getting exactly what they want
0: yeah exactly um i I think this is really great idea um you know i kind of see it as that stepping stone towards everybody truly living a, a, a free lifestyle that they want to live and not have anybody come and say boo about it. Um, and so I think uh, th- this will have to be like a, uh, an ongoing discussion. We got to get uh, this type of stuff going, at least in a local area first just to show that it works.
1: Yeah, that, that would be the goal. And that's ultimately what I'm trying to accomplish. I did a survey of the landscape a few years ago when I was really starting to get excited about this idea, and I only saw little puffs of smoke about the idea. You know, one person made a YouTube video here, never made another video about it. One person made a tweet here, never did another tweet about it. And it just seems like the idea is out there organically, but what can be done? And in my opinion, a movement is what's needed. A centralized philosopher, myself, I'm happy to be that guy. I will I want to take on all statist opponents. I want to be the logical defense. I don't want that argument of, but what if nobody pays anything? Yeah, I guess it's a stupid idea. What's on TV? You know, I want somebody yeah. in our court fighting this good fight every day in the streets because it's it's out there and all we need is a couple local governments trying it and succeeding with it. We need whatever money you're currently being forced to give reduced. And then let the people decide, are you happy with the reduced budgets or would you like to voluntarily give to certain programs in order to see more results from what you actually care about out of government. And I think as soon as that experiment is tried, it, it spreads like wildfire.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't even really have to be a large city like Chicago or Los Angeles or New York or anything to try it. I mean, it could be, um, you know, a pretty medium sized town, uh, or even a small town just to try it out. And then, uh, you know, and just make sure that that message is just kind of boosted everywhere. It was like, all right, did you guys see the, uh, the little, little town down in Texas that did it and it worked. Uh, you know, now they got the, uh, the County that they reside in is trying it now. Uh, I can just see that brush fire starting it's something very small and very local.
1: Yeah. And you know, the question gets asked to me a lot, if, if I'm such a believer in the free market, if, I, if my idea is so good, why hasn't it been tried before? Doesn't the existence of involuntary taxation everywhere in Western society, doesn't that prove that my idea is stupid? I say not, because this is only possible with those three things that I mentioned earlier, a mature Internet, social media, and right. crowdfunding. This is now. This is a very 2010s idea that we could only dream of let's say 20 years ago, it's, it can be a reality. Now I'm not discouraged at all that it's not happening yet because nobody's pushing for it. The only discussions that I see, I'm on Twitter a lot. I love going in the mean streets of Twitter and seeing <laughs> what battles people are fighting. The problem that I see with AnCaps caps out there, especially is they have very good philosophy, but they have no ground game ultimately. And Kapistan is a sexy place. But it's very hard to put into words what that looks like when somebody says who will build the roads, that person gets stomped on. However, the person getting stomped on has a very good point, which is so exactly how do you want to do it? And that's where there's a lot of hemming and hawing and stumbling. And it seems like the statist either wins that battle or draws that battle. Even though they got stomped on originally, because it is such a silly, a silly question to ask. What do you mean? Who's going to build the roads? We're going to build the roads. The same people that built the roads before. Right. There will be roads. Don't worry. We, we got roads. People need roads. Society needs roads. But there, there is such a bad plan right now in many of these philosophical communities. Exactly how you get to that point. And also, uh, I'll I'll take the flip side. As much as I I hang out with ANCAPs a lot because they're sort of the people that are red-pilled and enjoy thinking about this idea as a springboard, I hang out with a lot of stateless socialists, people that would love the idea of voluntarily giving a lot of their money and living a commune-like state because they believe that they could give their money to a, a very small community and that very small community can give them everything that they need and they love the idea of taking care of each other. And doing things communally, that's great. But they, too, struggle with the same thing that the ANCAPs do, which is you got a great idea in principle, but where's your ground game? How do you get to that point? And that's where I feel crowdfunded government takes all of these people under its its tent. Give me a mainstream Democrat, a mainstream Republican, an ANCAP, a stateless socialist. Give me all these people, and I will provide them with a mechanism to make it happen.
0: Yeah, and there's no reason not to. I mean, we all carry around a a smart device in our pockets. Uh, You know, a lot of us have computers and internet uh, access at the house. Uh, And even if you don't have it personally, uh, there are several places where you can go to get online. Um, And even if it was, uh, if it was done, this would just kind of be the thing. Even if at City Hall, there's like a little uh, kiosk that you have to go up to and do it. Um, You know, like I said, it, there would even be companies that would be springing up uh, to facilitate uh, getting this done. I, I it, with the modern technology that we have, this is an idea that, like you said, should be a, should have been done like way back in 2011. You know, we we should have already been like a good ten years into the uh, into the project already.
1: Yeah, we, we were there in terms of technology. We're just We just weren't there in terms of philosophy. That's why I decided to right. turn this project up to 11, talk to as many people as I can, spread the idea to as many people as I can, try to talk to as many politicians, and just try to get some people to try it. And along that idea that you were saying, you know, some people do get bogged down in the details, like, well, what if somebody doesn't have a computer? Or more importantly, here's my favorite question. What if somebody just doesn't care? about politics and they hate that stuff they just like paying their taxes going to their job going home with their family and doing the things they love i like that person the most that person can just cut a check for what they paid last year the same percentage of their income put it in the slot and it goes to every program things can be unchanged you don't have to be an expert on all the programs just put your money in the hole i'm fine with that person I have, you don't have to become an expert. You don't have to become uh, a savant on politics. You can just simply give your money and go about your day. That's fine. I just don't want a gun in that guy's face anymore. He doesn't deserve it. He deserves a lot more respect.
0: Yeah. And even if that, uh, you know, that, uh, that example where that guy's just, you know, he just cuts a check at the end of the year, uh, you know, even if he falls on hard times and then he's really got to start looking at where his, where his money is going to go to. You know, that may spark the the thing that's going to get him to look at it's like, okay, well, which of these things do I really want to pay for this year so that I can make a house payment or whatever, you know, yeah, e- and even that, that guy said- will get, will get it eventually.
1: Yeah, and that being said, as much as I talk about that guy, you know, from talking to everybody, that guy I don't think exists. Everybody has an opinion about something involving government, right? Is there really is there really that guy who's just completely tuned out of everything? Doesn't everybody have an opinion about roads that should be built? Doesn't everybody have an opinion about trash pickup? Doesn't everybody have an opinion about the military? Doesn't everybody think something uh, so as much as my, my dream is that there's people who just are happy paying 100 percent, what I really like the idea of is this finally gives people a chance who, quote unquote, don't like politics. A lot of those people say that because they don't want to alienate 50 percent of their customers, 50 yeah. percent of their coworkers. Yeah. A lot of people hang back from that. And it would allow those people to quietly start to get engaged. You know what? Take an hour at night and read about the different policies that you can pay for, the different programs you can pay for. And it's even that guy, I think, in the in the quiet and solitude of his own home, would at that point be happy to identify some type of preference. I want to give less percent to these and more percent to these. I think it's, it's a great way of increasing the Democratic participation in our society. Because right now, your only choice is red or blue, what do you like? Yellow? Nah, it's not going to win. Stupid. Red or blue? You know, and it's like, why can't we get past that point? It's such like a tribal, ancient method of determining where you stand, which tribe are you with. Let's. How about this? I'm kind of red. I'm kind of blue. I'm kind of yellow. And my dollars that I pay to the government should reflect that. And ultimately, yeah, you're going to have to choose somebody to vote for. Go. Yeah, go ahead. Who do you like? But ultimately, even if somebody gets chosen that you don't like, you don't have to pay for their programs.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, then those elections will be more performance based than anything. So if you got a guy who's uh, uh, really good at uh, selling a one project over another, uh, that guy will come back, you know. And if you if you got somebody who's just there to kind of show up to a council meeting or or whatever and just kind of click yes or no on a vote and then you know collect his check and get out of there, you know that kind of person's not going to be around the next time. So
1: yeah, I think there would be a really cool metric to take a look at, which is. Which policies did each politician support and how much money did those policies bring in? Essentially, you have a popularity rating for politicians yeah. that you could start to determine, which is who's actually proposing the stuff that we want. I want more of that guy. I want more of a popular politician who seems to really get it. And I want less of that guy who's proposing all these weird pork projects that nobody wants to give to. I want that guy out. I think it'd be really neat to start to see who's actually proposing the stuff that people actually want.
0: Uh, A good example of all that is go to any car lot uh, in the United States. You know, there's one salesman there who may just get his bare minimum sales, you know, and they're probably not going to be there in the next year. And then there's the one guy who's out there beating the pavement every day trying to get people to come in and buy a car. You know, it could work for a politician as well.
1: Absolutely. I think I think you get a much better ruling class when they're actually delivering what the people want. And they're not just giving lip service to programs that people think they want. And they're they. Oh, yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, do you? How much money did you give to it? How much money did it raise last year? Looks yeah. like people actually don't like that program.
0: Yeah. And then also get a, a little bit better educated uh, politician, too, because if they're going to go up there and try and sell a project, you know, let's say, well, we want to overlay all of these roads next year. Uh, this is how much it's going to cost. This is the, uh, you know, the projected after the, the costs are met and everything. If, if they come out there and they know their stuff and they're, they're talking it up pretty good and, and it gets funded and it works. Well, now you got a, a, you know, a politician that's, that's walking the walk and talking the talk at the same time.
1: Yeah. I love the idea of, of, of a more educated, nuanced political discussion in the world instead of, you know, red team, bad blue team, good. Blue team bad, red team good. I'd love a nuanced political discussion. That being said, I'm also okay under a crowdfunded government system if the politicians became nothing more than professional wrestlers and cheerleaders. I'm cool with that too because if you think about it, they really don't have to do much. They just have to get these the experts to put together the budgets for them the same way that stuff works now. It's not like people in Congress huddle around and actually come up with the budgets. They have staff. And they have experts that actually help them create these projects and i'm okay if the politicians devolve down into cheerleaders and professional wrestlers and just focus on their pet causes because politicians shouldn't have as much power as they have over your life without you giving it to them and ultimately that's the direction we can go to i'm fine if all you want to do is go on tv and make crazy statements, and go on Twitter and make crazy statements, as long as you're making your base aware of what programs could be funded and should be funded, crowdfunded government works. I'll take either kind of politician. I'll take a smarty pants, and I'll take a wrestler. That's all right with me. The great part is, under the crowdfunded government system, it doesn't matter, because ultimately only the projects that people want to pay for get paid for.
0: Yep, exactly. And I think that's uh, probably a good place to uh, bring it to an end. Uh, Theodore, it's been a blast having you on. Uh, How about in a month, we check back in, see where the project is going. Um, I also happen to be the elections chair for the uh, Louisiana Libertarian Party. And this is definitely something that I can bring up at our next uh, uh, state central committee meeting to see if I can get a politician who's going to run in the October elections to to take this idea on and maybe run on it as a campaign what say you
1: i love i love the idea of the crowdfunded government system getting out there i love the idea of somebody proposing it in a very serious forum and i just can't wait until that idea goes viral he said what that's crazy shared he said what that's crazy shared beautiful idea i'm happy to check in with you whenever we can get some progress and let's see how we can continue to morph the idea into something more powerful
0: uh, that sounds like an awesome plan, man. Uh, I do appreciate you coming on. Uh, this was, this was great. Uh, so now my imagination is running wild. So I'm going to have to start putting some stuff down on paper.
1: <laughs> great. Well, if you, if you're looking for inspiration, the blog www.crowdfundedgovernment.com and you can always find me in the mean streets of Twitter at crowdfundedgov.
0: Yep. There you go. And, and guys, when he's talking about the mean streets of Twitter, it's uh it's, it's, it's a battleground sometimes. Blood yeah. may be shed one day over Twitter. We don't know. <laughs>
1: Which is fine. Please bring me your hate. Bring me, as, bring me your statist uncle who can't stand any idea besides taxation must be paid. Bring him to me. I'm happy to have the debate. I love the debate. As, as fun as these discussions are, I would much rather have somebody blasting me on Twitter for a whole week about how stupid my idea is. I love going back and forth with people and educating them.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Then it, it's only going to sharpen your arguments and everything else. So that, I mean, that's all good stuff. Oh man. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I can't wait now.
1: <laughs> you got right. to be excited now too.
0: All right, Theodore. Well, uh, thanks a lot for your time. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, uh, cut it right there, but guys, uh, definitely check out, check out his Twitter, check out the uh, the blog and everything. I want everyone to take a look at this and, uh, yeah, this may not be and Capistan Libertopia that we're looking for, but I can, definitely see this as a step in the right direction all right and there he goes everybody uh holy crap that was a great episode uh i can't wait to check back in in a month and see where we're going to go from that uh let's go ahead and get into the plugs of the show um if you got dollars that you want to crowdfund me with why you can just take those over to patreon.com forward slash rebel with a cause podcast uh, become one of the subscribers there you get a little uh, little uh, teaser stuff uh, that happens every now and then uh, I have got a few minutes of audio right at the beginning of this episode that I'll drop in there as bonus content uh, I'll do the same thing on subscribestar.com uh, as well as bitbacker.io and uh, I usually will throw something on mines uh, kind of as a, if you give me the tokens per month uh, you'll be able to get those as well um, but speaking of uh, fiat dollars uh, speaking for you if you're going to vote for those dollars you can also give at uh, paypal.me forward slash rebel with a cause show uh, I do take those as well uh, the crypto uh, wallets will be listed as well if you want to do it that way oh darn that was a question I was going to ask if it was going to be crypto friendly mm. alright I'm going to have to mark it down set it up for next month and I'll ask then or check out his blog, right? Uh, also, if you feel like you, you want to get something uh, for your troubles, uh, I do have t shirts and uh, coffee mugs available at teespring.com forward slash rebel with a cause podcast. Uh, Got to get up there and uh, fix the, uh, the typoed uh, coffee mug that I had. <laughs> and I, I had a couple of other good ideas for some more shirts and stuff. So uh, check in there pretty regularly. I, I like to update stuff. Uh, if you want to find me on social media, you can do that. I am on Twitter minds.com steam even though that's not really doing much of anything these days, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, still on those, uh, no Snapchats, no Snapchats. I don't do, I don't do the snaps. I, I, I just don't do it. I, I logged on one day. I saw it. I was like, mm, not for me. I'm almost 40. I don't belong here. <laughs> uh, Anything other than that, guys, uh, you guys take it easy. We'll see you next week. Uh, Gonna try and get back on to Anarco Inc. Uh, Turns out, uh, had some family members that were sick and couldn't do it. Totally understand. I was, you know, fighting sickness all last week and seemed like every day from December to January and everything. So, you know, here we are, March, and I'm still kind of stopped up a little bit. I hate this. Anyways, guys, take it easy. See you next week. Brand new episode. Out.